You're listening to the Kitchen Obsessed Podcast. Every week, we discuss the challenges facing modern restaurant kitchens and the technologies to help solve them. Now, here's your host, Sean Shankle. Hi, everyone. This is the Kitchen Obsessed Podcast. I'm Sean Shankle. As we've talked about, this is the first podcast of its kind that focuses on the evolving challenges facing restaurant kitchens in 2022 and beyond, kitchens of all shapes and sizes, and specifically how emerging technologies and changing operational approaches can help solve new problems. As always, our goal is to make this podcast useful to operators. And to that end, please let us know what subjects you'd like us to discuss by emailing us at podcast at freshtechnology.com. As long as it has to do with operational and tech problems and solutions in and around the kitchen, we'll look at hosting an industry expert to discuss it or possibly you. All right, so let's dive in. Today, we are talking to Chow Smiley, the co-founder and CEO of Ready. Ready launched as a demand generation platform focused towards coffee shops and has been growing beyond that with its customers' demands. So today we'll be discussing expanding, potentially pivoting businesses, specifically in and around coffee shops in light of changing customer demands. Chal, it's great to have you. Hey, Sean. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Man, my pleasure. All right. As we dive in, tell us a little bit about Ready and what Ready is and does and how it's doing some pivoting. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, So Ready is a discovery and mobile order platform designed for independent coffee shops. Today, we work with several hundred cafes throughout the United States. We launched uh, about a year ago. And, you know, our goal is really just to be that digital bridge to connect independent coffee shops with their local community. Yeah, that's great. So you started as demand generation in and around coffee shops. You're doing some expanding um, beyond that. Talk about what led to that expansion. Yeah, I would love to. So one of the first things that we found with independent coffee shops is they're they're more similar to really just being a community center than a traditional uh, restaurant, as you think about it. So many coffee shops um, really embody the the personality of the of the operators and are really that extension of the the fabric of the community. And what we've seen is many of these coffee shops have expanded their offerings, their day part mix in ways that weren't previously uh, available. And we've really just been growing with uh, with our partners in that regard. Uh, a really good example for us would be uh, there's a coffee shop in Beaverton, Oregon, which is just outside of Portland. Uh, called Lionheart. And, you know, they're a two location outfit and they've really been creative with how they can leverage that community uh, leadership mindset into other avenues. And so uh, Beaverton recently launched their new performing arts center called the Reeser. Fabulous facility, you know, top of the line performing arts center, first of its kind in that neighborhood. And uh, Lionheart was sort of recognized as a, you know, maybe not traditionally obvious uh, candidate, but they actually won the food and beverage contract to kind of provide that service to the community. And so, you know, talking to, to Ben Reese, the, the owner of Lionheart, and he has several other, you know, heavier weight traditional point of sale systems, but, you know, he selected Ready to kind of move into that space to take into account some of the uh, the benefits that they found in terms of managing a high volume during a limited window and some of the workflow dynamics that uh, the Ready has provided them. Okay, so let's dive into this a little bit more. So obviously, we want to talk about it through a couple of lenses, technology and um, kitchen operations, but also in light of 
uh, changing demands. And really what it sounds like, and I love this the concept of the notion that coffee shops are community centers. So did they have a food offering, a kitchen offering prior to this expansion? Yeah, they, they had a food offering and they actually really embraced the food offering uh, in earnest over the last two years and got created with some other outdoor spaces, hosting events and kind of bringing uh, their offering outside of the four walls of their traditional cafe. Okay, that's good. So they were moving beyond the four walls as a way to capture more opportunity, capture more guests. And then as a result, it sounds like caught the attention of the community center and sort of expanded into that. With the result of the expansion, did they have to change kitchen operations at all? How did it impact? Yeah. So with with coffee shops in particular, the moment you expand away from making an espresso or, or coffee or even tea-based beverage, your operations become meaningfully more complicated. And what that means is uh, a lot of coffee shops traditionally may have operated with a paper ticket order management system where you take an order, you pass it to the person next to you, they complete the drink and they hand it to you. Once you start getting outside of that traditional format, whether it's going to an outdoor event space, whether it's sending orders to a hot kitchen, or whether it's managing the queue for an intermission at an event space, that all falls out the window and you've got to find new ways to communicate and manage your workflow effectively um, without the benefit of being able to just bring on additional labor. Okay, so that's technology, and it sounds like you're talking about sort of deeper kitchen technology, kitchen systems, KDSs, possibly guest communication, SMS. So that sort of that makes a, a lot of sense. So expanding beyond this, still yet some more of the conversation around Lionheart. You know, there's this notion of you know you've got the the national brand, so we've got the Starbucks, and then we've got the Lionheart. Have you all noticed that the the independents, especially over the last two years, and possibly this could be why you founded Ready or why you and your co-founder founded the company, were coffee shops having to sort of pivot and sort of maneuver to be able to compete with the national brands, having a lot less resources, budgets, infrastructure, et cetera? I mean, I'd love to just hear your thoughts sort of on the landscape of how the independents compete with the national chains. Um. You know, as, as we've all seen, there's been pretty rapid change, both in terms of mobile ordering offerings, kitchen workflow systems, um, and really just consumer demand preferences. From what we've seen several years ago, mobile ordering uh, was a luxury for the large chain, and it was a, you know, kind of a, a nice to have for the, for the smaller or the, or the regional chain. But as it sits today, it's really a, it's really a must have and it's an expectation. And it's not only an expectation to have something, it's to have something that really delights customers with that, that digital customer experience. Because um, what we've learned now, that, that customer experience starts before you walk into those four walls and extends once you, once you leave, right? So you need to sort of think about you know, how your customer is experiencing, and it may be their first experience ever with you as a coffee shop operator without the traditional way of meeting and greeting and talking to somebody in line. And so today, you know, what we found is that you kind of need to be delightful for the consumer before they walk in, provide them with lots of information about when and how the process will work in an intuitive and fun way, um, continue that journey once they leave, and then really integrate with the existing workflow so that you're, you know, really one less thing, not just one different thing to worry about. Okay. So we've talked about sort of expansion beyond the four walls. We basically talked about customer service or hospitality in the digital space through a variety of tools and then trying to, you know, they're going to have a lot of the similar problems as the big brands, which is yep. how do we bring those tools into, you know, so that we're not overloading with a bunch of disparate systems. 
But sure. so so they're expanding hospitality into the digital sphere, into the digital ecosystem. But still, how do they compete? You know, Starbucks is going to have they're going to have bigger budgets to be able to expand hospitality into their digital ecosystem. So how's the independent going to compete with Starbucks? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. And, and it, it's a big challenge. There, there's not an easy or, or one part solution. But but the reality is there are a lot of resources required to build that digital uh, ecosystem, um, and and very few have the luxury of having the, those resources available to them. And so the options are, are pretty limited for coffee shop operators. And what we've seen is that the mobile ordering space has essentially left a void over the independent coffee shop switch ready, and you know is, is looking to sort of fill in a, an engaging way. And what that means is coffee is the most frequently consumed beverage. Uh, the majority of us consume it every single day. And so having that dedicated space on, on one, on one platform where as a user, you can know that if I open up, you know, this one place, I can see all these different options and order in a standardized way. And so that's really what we've looked to create. But the reality is it's not about the mobile ordering process. It's really about highlighting what they bring to the table in terms of why the consumers love them. Uh, we see lots of movement for today's digital native consumer really pre- preferring independent, uh, local community and supporting those kind of establishments. But without a digital bridge to connect them, that demand largely goes unmet. And so, so our goal is really to facilitate uh, the connection between that embedded demand that today's digital native consumers have uh, and the fact that they're seeking out these um, independent operators, these curated experiences, they're you know, supporting the local economy. And we're really just trying to provide that bridge to the, that demand that already exists. And while independent coffee shops do have challenges to create uh, a competing digital product, they have several competitive advantages in terms of what they bring to the table, in terms of their quality of sourcing, their roasting, their authenticity in terms of representing their community, their ability to host these, you know, a variety of events and have um, really just their, their neighborhood, um, highlighted, you know, for all to see, um, in a way that you can't, you can't replicate that with a, with a national chain. It's, it's, uh, it's impossible to. And so we're really trying to highlight the uniqueness of each and every coffee shop. Okay. So independent coffee shop owners focus on the community, focus on highlighting your unique roasting approaches. I see a lot of them here in Nashville, a lot of different flavors, but it's, it's leaning into the idea that we've got special, unique, local storied, like there's a strong story behind um, our offering and we are a community center. Before we get further into the community center, I want to ask one blunt question. Um, are independent coffee shops succeeding or failing in the U.S.? Hmm. You know, they're they're succeeding and it's grown at a pretty rapid pace. Um, we've seen a, a similar story with the microbrewery industry uh, mm. several years ago. Uh, and this is, again, it's, it's very challenging to be a mass market product and, you know, provide that unique flavor profile, that unique story, that unique community. Um, and so I think there's really this long tailwind of that consumer preferences are pulling these, these outfits into, uh, into success and that providing more room for more independent coffee shops to open up throughout the community. Then why is Starbucks still succeeding? And not just Starbucks, right? Starbucks, Dunkin', Pete's, etc. I, I think um, uh, unfortunate, the unfortunate reality is that despite that, you know, many consumers uh, do prefer to support independent, curated, and local experiences, the bar really starts with convenience and ease of use and being digital first. And that convenience is easy to just default into 
a known uh, a known entity, a known logo, and a known app. Um, and once you're sort of in that system, it's very hard to it's challenging to get out of it. And as a consumer, you don't want to be faced with challenges. You want ease of access, ease of opportunity, but you still probably want that unique experience at the back end. That's it. So you're talking about a marriage, right? So you're talking about convenience. You're talking about digital first. Um, and, you know, we can in a minute talk a little bit more about what, you know, if I'm an independent coffee shop, how should I position myself on digital platforms? But before we get to that, we love local. We love community. We want and need convenience and we're used to digital. So if I'm trying to succeed and thrive as an independent coffee shop inside of the bigger competitive ecosystem, it's really my advantage is blending those two. Be easy, be spotable and tell my story a lot. So practical advice. Um, I'm a coffee independent coffee shop owner. Demand gen is key. Digital demand gen is key. Where Besides ready, where do I need to be? Like, how do I push myself out? How do I present myself in the digital sphere? Do I go on multiple platforms, et cetera? Where do I go? And how do I present myself to stand out against the nationals? Yeah, what, what we found is a multi-platform approach in terms of an order channel is actually pretty challenging. You, you have multiple work streams to, uh, to learn and to, to integrate. But we do think there is this focus on figuring out what's right for you and for your operation, right? And so due to the fluidity and the creativity of a lot of these independent operators, uh, we're very much fans of stacking uh, different phases of the uh, digital order experience in a way that's uh, complementary to your workflow. So we always recommend thinking about you know, what pieces of your workflow that you like and you, you can't live without and which pieces are kind of uh, challenging. Expand what you mean when you say workflow for those who may not. Sure. So the, the idea of taking uh, a desire from a consumer, you know, I want this coffee, but I want it made exactly this way so that, you know, Sean's latte will always be different than Chow's latte. And I have to communicate that in some way uh, that allows someone to process the order and then communicate that order to whoever's going to fulfill uh, your drink and then deliver it to you. You know, with, with really any, uh, you know, restaurant, there's going to be complications, there's going to be customization, and there's going to be many people that need all that information at exactly the right time. And if you give the wrong information to the wrong people, uh, you bump into the challenges with, you know, the production of the order, as well as the communication of the staff of the order. And that leads to a poor customer experience on, on the back end, right? And so our whole goal is to provide just the right information to just the right people right when they need it and where they need it so that uh, the person making the hot food in the kitchen might receive their information in a different way that's useful for them. And then the person that's making the espresso drink might receive it at a totally different place and maybe maybe in a totally different format than the, than the hot kitchen, and then being able to pair those two together um, is really kind of how the workflow would be um, as an example. Okay, that's good. And so then when you state say stacking workflows in the context, and what I'm hearing you say, let me see if this is right, is when you think about the multiple demand generation platforms, and by demand generation, we mean Ready, it could be DoorDash, Uber Eats, your own native digital, those would be your digital demand gen sites, right? And then of course there's demand, there's traditional marketing methods, but we're not really speaking as much about that right now. We're really talking more about the digital demand generation. And as you had just talked about workflow, how that impacts the kitchen. So what I heard you say, and let me know if I'm right or adjust me is um, adjust 
you know, what I'm saying is think a, how you want your workflow to be so that you can then deliver that optimum customer experience that you want to deliver, right? So it's like, if I've got a special workflow that I need inside of my restaurant to deliver my latte, Sean's latte different than Chow's and the hot food different than the cold food and be able to generate a powerful customer experience, think about the demand generation platforms that will best suit that and then stack those on top starting. And I want to unpack like, which ones you stack first versus second, but am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's probably workflow first. What we found is the order of operations and processing of orders is critical. And then finding a digital ordering partner that can really fit into your existing workflow in a complementary way. Um, the reason I say, you know, we're, we're fans of a single platform, whether it's ready or not. And this, this may be more specific to coffee than other industries, but you know, coffee really is a habitual daily routine for many, many folks. Um, you're not necessarily in a discovery mindset when you're, as you may be, when you're looking for something to eat. You're not saying, do I want a taco? Do I want a burger? Do I want pizza? You're saying, I want coffee. I want to only see coffee. And I want it the fastest, easiest way possible. And I want to get that coffee from an independent operator that's in my community that has, you know, these unique uh, relationships with their farmers and they have these unique relationships with their community. I'd prefer to spend my money and support that uh, that outfit. And so that's why we really recommend one platform for coffee. There, there's really no need to provide additional choices for your consumer. Pick the one that's best for you. Stand out in a way that coffee consumers can easily discover you. Uh, and then just make sure it works for your, your back of house workflow. That's good. That's basically you're saying start workflow and work out and then deliver your unique value proposition. What I'd love, what I also hear, I don't know if you're meeting this, but I'll take this anyways, is basically the national chains are, you know, your big box retailers, not a lot of life, not a lot of soul. And I welcome anybody from a national coffee chain to come on so we can talk about it. I don't think they will, but if Starbucks would, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, and then you have your your local independence, which would be, um, you know, it's it's your boutique, it's your experience. It's really a reflection of the local community in which they they live and say. And I think, man, I, I know I love curated experiences and choices. And so leaning into that and being able to help the the independents grow and thrive is it's I certainly love it because of sort of the the way that it reflects our community. So so singular demand gen because typically customers aren't looking for a lot of different options and that makes sense. It's like coffee is what you love. If I'm an independent coffee shop, then how do I how do I capture new customers to get them out of their other flow of coffee that they normally get? And how do I convert them to coming all the time to my shop? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, I think it does kind of go back to the, you know, again and again, the community. Um, some of the more creative uh, coffee shop operators that we've seen are very active in uh, events that are not just within those four walls. So for example, there might be an art festival that's once once a year and it's hosted at a big outdoor outdoor park because they're looking for local vendors to be represented at, at that place. Those are great opportunities to show up in a creative way where it says like, you know what, maybe we'll figure out how to get a mobile coffee shop operation up and running and we'll meet thousands of new customers that wouldn't have otherwise seen us because they're coming here for the art, not for the coffee. But while they're here, you have a great opportunity to to meet those customers in a place that they're already going to and then bring them back with you to your outfit. 
we do lots of local partnerships. We're very big into regional partnerships. And so we'll host events for the community uh, with our cafe partners to highlight them to the community and kind of create those connection points as well. Um, and then we also have all the, you know, the various digital uh, outreach marketing strategies that we kind of lead with. But for us, if we can kind of take one community at a time, uh, you know, build the right cast of cafe independent coffee shop operators, introduce those coffee shops in one place that's easily discoverable to the community that's already, you know, consuming coffee, and then just make those connections through these various real life and digital introductions is really the way that we see the most success in terms of getting the word out. So what I'm hearing you say, and so we're bringing this full circle, is digital for a digital first strategy for regular customer demand, right, for a coffee shop, but a very analog exposure approach, meaning out into the community in a community events, like you said, food truck, or we were talking at the beginning of the podcast about uh, Lionheart and how they were doing that, right? They were going out into the community. And as a result, they were asked to join the community center. That's exposing them to a lot of new customers. They expanded their food offering to serve those customers. They had to think through the technology back into their kitchen. And that's what we talk about when we talk about workflow. And I love the, you know, again, I'm a hammer looking for a nail, but I love the idea of like, it's difficult with written tickets when you start expanding your kitchen footprint. So move to things like kitchen systems, but going out into the community, being part of community events, very much an analog approach to getting new customers to then move in to the digital channels to be able to become part of their regular routine. Absolutely. I think you, um, you have to embrace both. You have to embrace that competitive advantage of being local, of being part of your community in a way that a national retailer can't. Um, and I think you have to, you know, connect that with a digital experience that is on par or better than what a national operator might be providing them. And uh, it's hard to do by yourself, which is why, you know, places like, you know, Fresh, Ready um, exist, right? We're, we're part of the tools to connect those, those dots in, in a way that we're, we're hopeful that consumers will continue this trend of, seeking out and spending their dollars to support local independent curated operators. And over time, we think that'll just naturally shift to the benefit of the local community, the local economy and the local operators. That's great. Okay. As we wrap up, what would you say, and you may have already said it, is this something that independent operators and limited service operators, especially coffee shops need to do to survive, but I'll broaden it. Moving forward with all of the technology that has changed, with the changing operational styles, with all of the options that are hitting consumers, how do the independent limited service coffee shops, how do they survive and grow in the future moving forward? Yeah, we, we think about that a lot. And we we have lots of conversations with our coffee shop operators. And that, that's some of the reasons that we kind of hear about these opportunities to expand into, you know, performing arts center or festival or what have you. It It's... Stick to what you're, what, what you are passionate about. You know, stick to what you can really drive a true authentic value. Um, and don't necessarily try to recreate the wheel on every little thing. You're not going to build a better app or a better KDS than maybe what, what Starbucks, as an example, is using, but you can do everything else better. So lean yeah. on the things you can do better. Lean on your hospitality. Uh, lean on your customer experience. Lean on your community. And, you know, outsource the tools that allow you to be direct or competitive in the digital space. 
That's it. So hire the technology, right? That's what you're saying. You know, go out. There's a lot of new technology. Bring that in. Expand. Use that technology. Don't try to go create something necessarily on your own and really lean into your uniqueness, your passion, your story, your community. Um, Use that as a way to generate, to pull customers in and then push them down into the digital channels that we were talking about here. Be thoughtful about the digital channels start with your workflow and work back in and be mindful about which digital demand channels are, we'll say maybe the most relevant and popular in your area, but also that lend themselves to your workflow, right? Because you may go on a DoorDash, but they don't have the tools, the digital tools necessary that is going to highlight your workflow so that you can deliver a very good in-person customer experience. Absolutely. And, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily need to overcomplicate it. You can, um, whether you're a coffee shop operator or restaurant, uh, talk to a similar operator, ask what they're using, what, what, what do their staff think? That's really, we get the answers. It's not necessarily what the, what the owner or the management team think. It's, uh, what does the person who's working the rush at seven to 11 a.m. on a, you know, Monday through Friday, what do they think about the, the tools they're using? Right. Because if you're, if your staff isn't happy, the, the product, won't be up to your up to your standards. The customer experience won't be up to your standards, and that'll ultimately degrade the experience for the consumer. So start with the staff, make sure they're happy, make sure the workflow works, and then yeah, de- you know, minimize complication, streamline your choices, and you know, find a, a digital partner. And that's really what you should be thinking about them as a partner, not that's a good. tool yep. um, that can grow with you and kind of work with your specific needs. Well, we don't want to have commercials here, but I think Ready is a good partner and I've certainly enjoyed our time talking here. So, all right, let's wrap it up. Again, my guest today was Chow Smiley, co-founder and CEO of Ready. And um, as always, we want to make this useful to operators. So please let us know at podcast at freshtechnology.com. Any thoughts, feedbacks, questions, things like that, that you'd like for us to tackle Chow, thank you so much. It has been a great conversation and I wish you guys all of the best of luck. I'm excited to watch you and, you know, love what you all are doing. Really appreciate it, Sean. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Um, we've been big friends of Big Fans of Fresh for some time now. Um, looking forward to continuing that partnership and would love to keep the conversation going. Awesome. Sounds great. All right, everybody. Thanks so much and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Kitchen Obsessed podcast. If you work in a restaurant and are interested in appearing on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at freshtechnology.com and tell us your story. We'll be back next week with more tips from the kitchen.